Welcome to Pixel Tunes Radio, episode 10. I'm Mike. And I'm Ed. And this episode is Ed's Picks. Oh yeah. Oh snap, yes. So today we will be talking to Ed and finding out a little bit more about what makes this guy tick when it comes to the video game music that you all know and love. So I guess we'll start it off real simple. So Ed, tell us how you got into video games and how that translated into video game music. I was born with a joystick in my hand, I think. (laughs) Gross. Yeah, no. When I was like four years old, my parents gave my grandfather an Atari 2600 for his birthday one year. And yeah, I mean, basically it was all downhill or uphill, depending on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I cut my early video gaming teeth on Pac-Man and Warlords and Freeway and and all that stuff. And, you know, uh, hey, everybody hates Pac-Man on the Atari 2600, mm-hmm. but that was the original version that I played. So when I played the arcade version, I'm like, this isn't this isn't like it is an Atari. <laughs> you think there's kids that uh, that, that play a t- uh, ET 2600 and they do the same thing? Whether like they grew up playing Yeah, you know what? I think so. Yeah. Because there are a lot of Atari 2600 <laughs> games out there that people hate yeah. that I grew up playing. Sure. And so those... Those being the first video games I ever had an experience with, I mean, that was how games were when I was a kid. So. Makes sense. And I learned the ins and outs of them, so, you know, I can play that stuff now, and, and other people who have had more experience with the NES and Super Nintendo go back to that stuff, and it's like, how did anybody play that stuff? That's me. So. That's totally me, because I grew up playing the Nintendo, and I had a friend who played Atari, who had a 2600, but mm. I would go over there and play Burger Time, and then I would play, like, Mario 2, like, the next yeah. day, and be like... Wow, like... How can you even tolerate like, this stuff? Seriously, like night and day. <laughs> and then I ended up getting uh, an NES, and my brother and I would play that. I mean, and, and then from then on, every new generation of, of consoles that came out, we would get a new console, either mm-hmm. on launch day or within a year of, of release. Yeah. And, you know, even to this day, well, aside from the PS4 and Xbox One, I mean, I've really kept up with, with new generations, and I've yeah. just been playing all my life. So cool. cool. It's just been a part of me. So what about video game music? How what was your first experience with video game music that you, you know, kind of made you light up and you were like, "Oh my god, I need to listen to this like forever and always." Reactor on the Atari 2600. <laughs> Seriously? I'm serious. Wow. I will I will post a link to it on our Facebook page. Um, when you start the game up, it's got this really cool like sawtooth bass riff. Um, it's it's really kind of heavy and, and, and industrial sounding. Hmm. And I loved it. And I would just reset the game over and over again just to listen to it. <laughs> and then I got into a lot of like New Wave and like Duran Duran and all that stuff when I was a little kid. And then my mom cut us off from MTV when I was little. Because uh, uh, it started getting a little risque for us, true. I think. Yeah. So then really all I had was video games and video game music. So as I had mentioned on previous episodes, I would start like holding up my tape recorder to the TV, mm-hmm. and then I'd hook my, my video game systems directly up to my stereo, and we'd start recording video game soundtracks on the tape, and I would just take it with me with my Walkman, because I really didn't have any other music to listen to back then. Yeah. So then I kind of got into grunge as time went on, and some rock, and then with the advent of Ridge Racer and a lot of the live music that came with CD-based games, that started influencing my taste and, and popular music. So right. now the music I listen to is, like, I, I like a lot of dubstep and industrial and electronics mixed with organic instruments, okay. uh, which you'll see a lot of in my in my picks for this episode. 
they kind of blend together. And bands like Cell Dweller and a, and a lot of different other artists that do music for video games. Rob Zombie yep. did a lot of stuff. So I like that my popular music tastes and my video game music tastes kind of intersect a lot. Yeah, this it's inter- it's interesting because when we did my picks, it was just like all these games that everybody like for the most part most of the games that I picked, I picked a few a few obscure titles, but most of the games that I picked were very, very well-known, very popular songs and tracks. And the games that we're going to listen to music from today are, for the most part, pretty obscure. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> couple common ones in there. but yeah. And this mostly stems from the fact that about almost a year ago now, I started doing this video game forum thread on the Final Fantasy Shrine forums. And I would basically take requests from people, and I would make soundtracks into MP3 format and mm-hmm. upload them. And that greatly expanded my horizons as far as, you know, different and new soundtracks. Because people would be requesting soundtracks from systems I've never even heard of before. Mm-hmm. And so I got into a lot of this really obscure stuff that at least people in the States and North America, you know, don't really know about. So I'm really happy that I can bring a lot of this more obscure stuff that's really good, you know, out into the public and hopefully get some other people interested in it. If you're interested in Ed's site where he dumps soundtracks on too. You can go into Bing, Google, whatever search engine you decide to use, and the best way to find it is if you type in his username, which is also on Twitter, Runer9, it's R-U-I-N-E-R 9, and then type in N-E-S. So I have almost 100 gigabytes worth of music on there right now. That's from, awesome. From NES days all the way up into like PS2 and some PS3 stuff. So if you're looking for an obscure soundtrack, there's a very good chance that I'm, I've uploaded it. So. Yep. All the NES stuff is in stereo. Yep. Too, quality stereo, which is really cool. So let's go ahead and talk about the track that Ed picked first. So this is from Contra Hardcorps. Hardcores. Hardcorps. We had this discussion <laughs> in the car the other day. I'm like, no, it's corpse. <laughs> it's corpse because it just, you know, it sounds more badass. Yeah, it's true, I guess. Yeah. Yep, this was the Contra game on the Genesis that was developed by members of the Treasure team. They later went on to do yep. all the Treasure stuff. It's got an amazing soundtrack. Uh, lots of members of the Konami Kuheihai Club, including Akira Yamaoka, Akihata, Michiru Yamane, and the soundtrack's really aggressive and dark. It takes place in kind of a you know a, a post-apocalyptic sci-fi world, so the music really fits that. This track that we're going to play called Jurassic Dope is from one of the secret areas yeah. in the game, and it really just jumped out at me as as a really cool song from the soundtrack that almost kind of sounds like the dubstep that that I listen to nowadays. It's very hip hoppy. It is, in my opinion. Yeah. It's very urban, very like tribal urban hip hop. It starts off that way with that West yeah. Coast kind of. Very high pitched, definitely um, lead synth. Yeah, and then it just kind of gets into this grindy bass afterwards. My oldest kid is really, really into dubstep, and I've mixed this in with songs like okay. between Skrillex and Flux yeah. Pavilion and all that, and he hasn't even noticed. He, oh, this really? fits right in with the music wow. that, that he listens to. So, so some of these composers that uh, we uh, we're going to touch a little bit more on Akira Yamaoka later, but Mishiru Yamane was. The pretty much the, one of the main composers for the Castlevania series. I mean, working on titles starting with uh, the Bloodlines, uh, Genesis game, all the way up to, you know, like Symphony of the Night and all the DS and, and Game Boy Advance games. Um, she does some fantastic work 
and that's pretty much what she's most well known for. She's done other stuff as well. Yeah, and Hirofumi Taniguchi has worked on lots of stuff. Lots um, of Beat Mania stuff. Beat Mania stuff, Suikoden, and she was a member of one of Konami's in-house bands called the Thelonious Monkeys, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Monkeys <laughs> spelled like Monkeys the Band. <laughs> Right on. That's a lot of people. But it's a very long soundtrack. Yes, so that is true. So a lot of good tunes in it. Really good. Really good stuff here. So go ahead and take a listen to Contra Hardcorpse. Cores. Corpse. This one's called Jurassic Dope. Enjoy.
Blue Killer, or Pale Killer, depending on who you ask, <laughs> from the Neo Geo game Shock Troopers Second Squad. That was a very... I don't know. I have mixed feelings on that track. Mm. It's very repetitive. The quality is, is low, but we also discussed this before the show. This is pretty much the highest quality you're going to get for this track. Yeah, a lot of the Neo Geo games had a lot of live music samples, but they weren't recorded at a very high quality. So you lose a little bit of that. I don't know, it's just a pretty headbanging tune. And it's got that little sequence in there that kind of reminds me of like Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It's, <laughs> it's kind of metal, it's kind of techno, it's a little of everything that I love all together. So I remember when I was telling you back during uh, the Mike's Pigs episode, when uh, I was talking about how I don't really enjoy real heavy metal, <laughs> but I enjoy like synth heavy metal. Like this is, this is kind of the song that I was even thinking of while I was talking about that. So, okay. Uh, just a lot of fun. There's a lot of good stuff on the Neo Geo. This was the second game in the Shock Trooper series. It's like a beat em up or a shoot em up? Or? It's a shoot em up. It's similar to Commando okay. or Akari Warriors, that okay. kind of thing. But in typical Neo Geo fashion. It's like if you took Akari Warriors <laughs> and made a movie of it directed by Michael Bay. That would be Shock Troopers yeah. Second Squad. Giant explosions, giant bosses, people dying, flailing with blood splatters everywhere. Nice. It's just a lot of fun. It was so. composed by Saki Kase. We know that he did work on Viewpoint for the Neo Geo, which was yeah. also a really cool title. And he did the first Shock Troopers as well. The first Shock Troopers had a very breakbeat drum and bass kind of soundtrack. And then the second squad mixed a little bit more with some metal rock influences. And Viewpoint was... It almost sounds like modern-day chiptune. It's got hip-hop beats okay. with very throwback, like, NES and ColecoVision synth samples. Okay. And it, I'll probably play something from it eventually in another episode, but Viewpoint had a really good soundtrack. That's the kind of stuff he does. Word. Yeah. So our next game, or song, is from Solomon's Key for the Nintendo, and you had mentioned that this was one of the first games that you ever played. Yeah, this was, I think, maybe the second or third cartridge I ever owned for the NES. Hmm. It's kind of an obscure game. It's an early Tecmo release. Looking back on it now, it almost seems like a precursor to... like It's, a, it's like a 2D Minecraft, almost. <laughs> the premise of the game is it's one screen. There's a where you spawn or your, your starting point. There's a key somewhere else in the, on the screen. And then there's a door that you have to get to. So your object is to get from where you are to the key and then to the door, and there's enemies to dodge. You can jump, you can also create blocks, and you can only jump one block high. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get up to the next level, you got to create a block in front of you and then jump up onto it mm -hmm. and then maybe break a block that's in front of you and then walk to where that block was and create So it's almost kind of like Minecraft in 2D. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you played this with your, because I know your oldest son is super big into Minecraft. Yeah, as soon as I turn the NES on, he runs away. Oh, really? He's so horrible. Oh, oh, man. You know, I don't know where I failed with him. You you know what you gotta do? You gotta have a third kid, and you gotta raise him from the ground up with Nintendo. You start him off That's with true. Nintendo, and you don't let him play anything on PC or, or anything, any of that stuff. You know what? Well, when Mike Tendo Jr. comes around, That's we'll make what I'm sure talking to start about. him. That's... We'll start him with Atari 2600. He's no. gotta know. Oh. <laughs> no way. I'll, Uncle Ed will show him that. Uncle Ed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one composer on this game, Michiharo Hasuya. He started off on Solomon's Key, the arcade version. Okay. Then he did Mighty Fong Jack. Mm -hmm. So his third composition was the NES 
important. Uh, okay. Solomon's Key. But then he went on to do Rygar, Gogol 13, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, Kid Cool, Clash of Demon Head. I mean, lots of, you know, pretty well-known NES games. And then a little more obscure. Well, but it's Tecmo. Yeah. I mean, Tecmo never really had any huge hits until Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. 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 He also worked on Ease 3 for the Super Nintendo, which there you is an go. amazing soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Super Godzilla on the SNES, too. But yeah, so this this song is really one of the only songs that plays in the game, and it really gets stuck in the head. It's got a really catchy melody, mm-hmm. a cool little beat in the background. Uh, it sounds really good in stereo, too, because of the use of the two square channels. So enjoy this little snapshot of my youth as I grew up and, and as a child banged my head against this wall as I tried to play this really really hard game <laughs> enjoy
First, there was Commando. Then there was Bionic Commando. Then there was Bionic Commando Elite Forces. Then there was Bionic Commando Rearmed. Then there was... Just get on with the commercial, would you? This is ridiculous. Fine. You've played them all. Now for the newest entry in Capcom's Commando series. Gin and Tonic Commando. Hey, this looks like a nice little bar. Barkeep, have you seen this man in the picture? Nine! I don't know their Super Joeys. Certainly not in Area 7. Oh, well, it was worth a shot. May as well have a drink while I'm here. In Gin and Tonic Commando, your job is to use your bionic arm to sling back adult beverages as fast as possible. Master D, Brad Spencer is here, and he's three sheets to the vent. Hey, watch it with that bionic arm, buddy! Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm just so... Ugh. Master D, he's right here! Now I've got you! The Empire will see victory before dawn! How will Rad Spencer, drunk off his ass, possibly defeat the Empire? Find out in Gin and Tonic Commando, coming soon for the Lame Station 4, Less Bucks 1, and Ubuntu. Rated A for Alcoholic. Hello, welcome back to Pixel Tunes Radio. That was a block of Commando. Yeah, you cheater. Hey, man. <laughs> you picked 11 songs for Mike's picks. I'm going to pick 11 songs for Ed's picks. True, true. And because your songs kind of went together, you had your Mega Man block. True. I'm doing my Commando block. Commando block. Block of Commando. It's green and mm. camouflaged. Blocky. Big block. Yeah. So we started off with Rob Hubbard's first ever piece of work for the Commodore 64 from the original Commando game. Rob's worked on... Tons of stuff. Oh yeah, over 80 titles to his name, I think. Mm-hmm. He went on to be like a creative director for sound teams, but he definitely started off on the C64. People who are more familiar with the NES might remember his works from Skater Die, Skater Die 2, and Kings of the Beach, which are all you know three of my favorite soundtracks on the NES. So on Commando, when he was presented with this game to do... The arcade version had lots of different pieces of music as you go through the game, but because of the limitations of the C64, there weren't any music pieces during gameplay. Right. So what he did was, he just took all the music from the game and kind of made one big mega mix out of it, and then that played during the title screen Mm -hmm. before he started the game. When Bionic Commando Rearmed came out, which I was anticipating like nobody's business, because (laughs) Bionic Commando is just one of my favorite games ever, the... Producer for the game, um, Simon Vickland, was also doing the music for it, mm-hmm. and he started releasing some samples of the soundtrack online, and he basically remixed the NES Bionic Commando soundtrack into this like huge, big beat, prodigy-influenced, just big ball of musical awesome. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he just really, I think, completely took those melodies. And I'm not a big fan of remakes. I usually like the original version of most soundtracks. But I gotta tell you, man, the Bionic Commando Rearm soundtrack is just... I think it's heads and tails above the original NES one. Yeah. No offense to Junko Tamiya, but he kind of outdid her there, I think. I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of Rob Hubbard, um, nor am I a fan of Bionic Commando. Man. So, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I, ha- I remember playing the NES game, and... 
that was pretty much my fill of Bionic Commando. It was one of those games where I would play it and then I'd be like, this is boring after like five minutes. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I own it. It's a it's a fun game to revisit now and then, but I can never get that far in it just because I lost interest. I think it's the not jumping thing that really kills me. Ah, see, that's the part that I liked most about it. Oh, really? Well, okay. I originally rented it knowing nothing about it. Right. I just saw that it was by Capcom mm-hmm. and it had the word Commando on it and right. I owned the original Commando, mm-hmm. so I thought that I was getting myself into basically a sequel to Commando, which right. in spirit it is. Right. right. Well, actually, no more in name it is, but in spirit, it's it's completely different. It's, different, it's a yeah. side scroller with this crazy stuff going right, on. Right, right. And when I rented it, I was just kind of wandering around the levels. I didn't know that there were ends. It was more of a free roaming game, which I wasn't used to at the time. Mm-hmm. And then just before I had to return it, I finally found like the boss of Area oh, Four. Okay. I was like, oh my god, these levels do end. It's not just like some stuff on, that on, you can on. wander around with. Right. So I put it on my Christmas list, hmm. and I finally got it. And then just kind of really ran through it. Mm-hmm. Did it without any Nintendo Power help. Nice. You know, there wasn't game facts back then or anything. Yeah. And then it just became one of my favorite games, and I kept playing it and mm-hmm. playing it, and I can get through the whole thing. I think I can maybe get through it with losing one life or two lives. And it just became one of my favorite games of all time. So, yeah, like, as I said, when Rearmed was announced, it was like my dream come true because nobody ever talked about Bionic Commando back then. I felt like I was the only one that really loved it. Yeah. And then people started coming out of the woodwork saying, oh my god, I remember Bionic Commando, it's one of my favorite games ever. And I kind of felt like included in that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Simon Vicklin did the music. This track called Meet the Enemy and Descend was... I like this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's a basically a remixed version of Rob Hubbard's remixed version. Right. So it's a remix of a remix. <laughs> it was my cell phone song for years and years and years. So long, in fact, that my kid started calling it Daddy's Cell Phone Song. Whatever it, like, you know, came yeah. on the car when I was yeah, playing yeah, it as yeah. part of the soundtrack. So <laughs> it's just really aggressive and really cool and keeps you going. The next track we're going to play is an unreleased game. This one is a Tim Fallen song. Of course, I mean, you can't have an Ed's pick. Can't have an Ed's pick. Without a Tim Fallen track, it doesn't make any sense. No. It's like peanut butter without jelly. It's like peanut butter without strawberry jelly. If you want to go with that, I can can agree. We're a grape jelly household. Oh, are you? My kids won't eat strawberry jelly. I'm so sorry. I don't know why. I love strawberries. I grew up with a grape, but had to move on to strawberries just better. So you should, like, slip it in. Just, like, convert them. So Tim Fallon's like my jelly is basically what you're saying. Yeah, you want to like slip Tim Fallon into your kids' sandwiches. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was probably the most obscure thing I've ever said on this podcast. I don't know. Doing it in the butt in episode one. Right. It was pretty bad. Slipping Tim Fallon into our kids' sandwiches. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I quit. So (laughs) enjoy Ed's picks without Ed. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ed. <laughs> My pick is from Super Castlevania 4. This song is called Dracula's Castle. <laughs> this this game is actually titled Time Tracks. And with an X. With an X. You have to be very specific with an about X. that. It's very 90s. has an X in it. It almost sounds like one of our hashtags. Uh, so this game... The uh, It was obviously composed by Tim Fallon. He created all the music for it. The game was completed, mm-hmm. and then it was never released. Why? The Super Nintendo version came out, but it was a different game with a different composer. With a different really? Hmm. So all for years and years and years, all that was available from this game was the title theme. Okay. And it was just this low-quality, scratchy title theme that was on YouTube, mm-hmm. and... 
I had seen it when I started getting into Tim Fallon's music, and I would listen to it from time to time, and then one day something appeared from one of the guys that worked on the game, and he said, I have this on a tape backup. I have the game, the right. ROM, on a tape backup okay. somewhere. And, you know, he commented on it, and there were a couple likes on it, but I hadn't heard anything about it. And then a few months later, it was actually pretty recently, probably a couple couple months ago, maybe oh, really? less, less than wow. a year ago, all these retro gaming sites started saying, Time Tracks the ROM has been released. Right. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing, because huh. now we can hear all this music that Tim Fallon did on the Genesis, yeah. and, which has never been heard before. Mm-hmm. And so there's like five or six tracks out of the game, and they're all completely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, this th- is, really this is the title theme, the one that was only available in low quality, mm-hmm. but I mean, Mike just listened to it, and it doesn't even sound like anything that you'd hear out of a Genesis. No. Oh, no. And uh, what's interesting is that the drums aren't PCM samples, right. which is really interesting. It's a custom sound driver, right. which Tim used on most of his games yeah. from the you know, 8 and 16-bit eras. Yeah. Um, he was able to get a lot out of these systems that most composers couldn't even touch. Yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not a... Like, I would hear Tim Fallon's music in games, but I wouldn't know who Tim Fallon was. So... I remember Spider-Man X-Men. And yeah. that soundtrack blew me away. Yeah, that was my kid. first introduction to him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, it was my first introduction to him as, a, as an entire soundtrack. I think I remember renting Silver Surfer. Yeah. And I was really impressed with the music, but yeah. it wasn't that kind of... You couldn't pause it and listen to the music, I don't think, in that game, no, if I remember couldn't. correctly. Yeah. So I didn't really get a chance to sit down, and, and I wasn't that much into video game music. But then when Spider-Man vs. X-Men came out, that's when I was really like, I need to record this and listen yeah. to it all the time. And didn't know who he was and what other games he had done until mm-hmm. I started getting into video game music later on. But we're digressing. But I digress. Let's take a listen to the title screen music from Time Tracks by Tim Fallon on the Sega Genesis.
Hi. Hi. <laughs> that song was from Castlevania. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. That was a game called Rusty for the PC-98. I really, really dig this soundtrack. Isn't that a great, yeah. great track and a great soundtrack? Yeah. I've been playing it ever since you gave it to me. I've been playing it in my car um, for the past couple days, and I really, really dig it. It's uh, it's like the con- the Castlevania soundtrack that never was. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. Especially this song. So the game is called Rusty. Like I said, it's a Castlevania clone <laughs> that came out for the NEC PC ninety eight system only in Japan. In every step of the way, it's it's a Castlevania. Clone. Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. we were playing it together a couple nights ago, and I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. All right, it's so, like Castlevania. So it starts off. <laughs> so there's an intro in the game, and it's basically these. You know, this, like, vampire dude is sitting in a chair who's not Dracula. No. Like, totally not Dracula. <laughs> and then there's this other, like, red-haired, you know, big-boobed chick who's also a vampire. And then they bring in some chick on a platter, basically. Like, here you go. and <laughs> for dinner. Yeah, yeah. And then the game starts and you're playing as this... Everything has big boobs in this game. Of course. Like, the bosses have big boobs. Like, And so you play as this big-boobied green-haired chick. Clad in, like, basically leather straps. Leather straps with, like, a green neon green whip. Yeah. And it's literally Castlevania. I mean, the entire game. The frame rate suffers, definitely. But other than that, it it plays just like Castlevania. You can whip up. You can whip, um, you can like... Grapple onto... Grapple onto, like, hooks and swing across, like, these chasms it's it's you whip candles and yeah bags of money and hearts it's literally castlevania but uh it's cool it's it's a fun clone and it's definitely recommended at least by me as a super huge castlevania fan yeah it was uh composed by a couple of composers masahiro kajihara kenichi arakawa arakawa (laughs) and uh ryu takami i think ryu takami was probably the most prevalent composer on the sound team yeah because he's got a lot of titles to his name yeah he's done a lot of stuff but a lot of it hasn't really come overseas yeah um, that's kind of the same for all of them though yeah he's done a couple of shoot 'em ups death smiles and he worked on some of the dodonpachi series which some of those titles have come over but you can also play them in MAME, so you might be familiar with them from, from the emulation version. You know, the PC-98 was... It was a really cool system. I've just kind of gotten introduced to it. Yeah. From my forum, I've had people start requesting PC-98. And I'm like, what is this? You know, it never came over to America. It must suck. Right. And then I'm, I'm like, listening to these soundtracks and, and watching YouTube videos of the games that go with the soundtracks. And I'm just like, oh my god, these, these are amazing games that never yeah. really came out over here. Yeah. It, because it was essentially a PC with, with gaming capabilities, it had a much more adult audience. Mm-hmm. So the majority of the games that came out for the PC-88 and the successor of the PC-98 were like hentai games yeah. or you know visual novels where you ended up you know doing it. And even some of the action games would have adult cutscenes in the middle just because I guess it helped sell... More copies to yeah. you know the otaku over there. <laughs> what's that? What's that game that we played with the cutscenes that went on forever? Oh, Night Slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is basically a Cybernator clone. Yep. Well, it's pre-Cybernator. Pre-Cybernator, so. but yeah, it, that was a really cool game. But oh my god, like the intro 
dialogue. I'm just like hammering the next button because it's all in Japanese, <laughs> and you're just like it just goes on and on and uh, on. Just like get me to the game, and then you get to the game, and you're like, "This is cool," and then you die. So, one of the sound chips that you can get for the for the PC88 and 98 was the Yamaha YM2608, which is in the same family as the Genesis Yamaha sound chip, but it's got 16 channels. It's got AD PCM sound sample capability. <laughs> it's like the super beefy, yeah. like on steroids version of what's in the Genesis. Right. And so it really gave the composers the freedom to create music any which way they want. And this next song coming up, which is from a PC98 only RPG called Ground Seed, also by Ryu Takami, really kind of hammers home that, that fact. It, it sounds like a Genesis song but with drums that are just they're out of this world yeah they sound awesome almost drums. like you know live techno stuff yeah. going on um, I was very impressed by the drums yeah Takami's an excellent composer mm -hmm. these titles are both available on my forum thread so if you really like this stuff and you want to hear a lot more of the PC88 and PC98 stuff definitely check out that section of my yeah. page there's a wealth of other titles there including that Night Slave game yeah. that you can download so this one is called Castle Basement uh, it's got a really nice dancey feel to it. It almost sounds like it might be from a shooter or a platformer, but you know, it is it's more of a like I think it's a boss battle than an RPG. I don't know. Dance. Make sure to listen to it in your castle basement. Yes. Get which, up and do stuff. Which you all have. That yeah. You don't have a castle basement? I I'm we're in my basement. <laughs> it's not very much a castle. This is Pixel Tunes Castle right here, boy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Pixel Tunes Castle Basement. <laughs> Alright, yeah, let listen to this track, check it out. Uh that's that's what I got. You don't have anything. No. 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 This is your show, man. <laughs> You're supposed to keep I up. said everything that I needed to say. I'm just supposed to I'm throwing it back to you and you're floundering around. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's all like, enjoy the song. And I'm like, ha, you think I listen to the song? It's fun. <laughs> so, Ryuchikami, Castle Basement, go. from Ground Seed.
to the Earthbound Loan Department. How are you today? Hi there, uh, I'm Billy. I'm doing well, though I'd be doing better if I could afford Earthbound. Well, you came to the right place. Let's go ahead and pull up your credit history and see if you can afford Earthbound. Now, we have several price points for the game, depending on condition and if it comes with the box and manual. Yes, here at the Earthbound Loan Department, we can make your dreams come true. After passing several credit checks, a security deposit of $300, and a small sampling of both blood and urine, we might be able to set you up with a copy of this extremely sought-after game. Alright, now do you have any materials you can liquidate? Any hedge funds that you'd like to sell? I believe we also take bone marrow. Uh, well, this is getting a little too serious for a video game. But it's Earthbound. <sighs> yeah, you're totally right. Alright, I'll donate some bone marrow. If you don't meet the qualifications, don't worry. There's always substitutes here at the Earthbound Loan Department. Well, Bobby. Uh, Billy. Well, Booby. It looks like you don't meet the qualifications to acquire a copy of Earthbound. However, we'll be glad to set you up with a reproduction cart with translated text of Mother 3. But that's not what I... Thanks, Earthbound Loan Department. No problem. The Earthbound Loan Department. Not available to Canadian or Hawaiian residents. Branches located in One Net, Tucson, Threed, and Foreside. We are not liable for any injury you will or <clears throat> might face. Welcome back. That was Murasaki Forest from Mother 3. Mother Trace. Yeah. That was the spiritual sequel to Earthbound, mm -hmm. which, if you're listening to a game music podcast and you don't know what Earthbound is, take that rock that's over your head and put it aside and go play some Earthbound, basically. I, I, I know of Earthbound. I've not really played Earthbound. Okay. But that's just because I don't want to But you know what Earthbound, Earthbound is. Yeah. So oh, yeah. if you don't know what Earthbound is, then you definitely probably but should. But if you played me a track from Earthbound, I would not know what it is. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm that guy. So I'm a I'm a Earthbound fan. I've played through the game twice in my lifetime. Once when it first came out, and then when Mother 3 was fan-translated and released, I went back and played through Earthbound again. This was probably, I don't know, maybe about a year ago. Okay. Um, How do they compare? They compare very equally to each other. Well, I think okay. Mother 3 is actually a little bit better. Okay. Um, really? I, I, I played through both games uh, on an emulator. You just lost like half our subscribers by insulting Earthbound. Well, I had to. <laughs> No. <laughs> because I needed save states, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just I don't have a lot of time to play with kids and a full-time sure. job, sure. so I can't wait for a save point to come along. With Earthbound, you know, it was it was very similar to the Super Nintendo experience because I just play I have my computer hooked up to my TV and I just play on my TV. Sure. With Mother 3, I mean I I played it in an emulator on my TV. I actually think I enjoyed that a little bit better than playing on a handheld. Oh, really? I, I don't know. I'm not a handheld fan. Yeah. Uh, I just think the screen's too small for me. So I, I need a big... Game Boy Player probably yeah, works best well, for Game you. Game Boy Player, that's, yeah, I have a Game Boy Player, and that's how I actually beat most of the Game Boy games okay. that I have. Yeah. Uh, and the Super Game Boy for the Super Nintendo is how I beat you know Metroid on the Game Boy. So. Yeah. 
And uh, I think uh, Link's Awakening, too, I used Super Game Boy only. So I just I really don't like having handheld yeah. systems. Uh, it's just personal preference. But anyways, um, some other three. Well, yes. the 3DS, I will eventually pick one up. Yeah, you got it. And I know because you can't really have that experience in any other... True. Because there's no 3D screen. And there's a lot of really good 3DS titles yeah. out there. I mean, like... And I think with the XL, yeah. I mean, the bigger screen... It's, it's yeah. the screen size that really affects me. Yeah. So I think with the bigger screens... Because I can play on an iPad, no yeah. problem. Yeah. So, or, so I think I'll get a 3DS eventually. In any case, some other three... A lot of people have been very upset about it not coming out in the U.S. after the success of Earthbound, or the current success of Earthbound. It wasn't a very successful game when it was first released. Well, when did Earthbound come out? 95, right? Yeah, around there. Okay, so Mother 3 came out when? Like 2003 or something like that? Mm. I think it was something... It was early 2000s. Yeah, well, well yeah. Mid it to, was it Early was to mid Mid-Game Boy, mid Boy Advanced Life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Earthbound fans really, really wanted to play it. Yeah. Um, because it was a continuation, in a sense, of the Earthbound story. Kind of like how Chrono Trigger lines up with Chrono Cross. It's like, it's yeah. like a side, parallel universe or whatever that like sort of flows together. Almost. Sort of. Yes. It doesn't really have anything to do with Earthbound until you get to the end. And obviously I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it yet. Yeah. But playing... Playing Earthbound will give you a deeper understanding of Mother 3. Okay. The really cool thing about Mother 3's music is that there's about 300 pieces of music in the game, mm-hmm. all composed by one man, Yeah. Shogo Sakai. Oh, wow. Who originally started out at Data East and did some stuff with Sega, but this was really, I think, his his shining moment. And He's bounced around quite a bit. Yeah. He's also, later on, after Mother 3, went on to do... Like Kirby Air Ride and some of the Kirby DS games, okay. and then he co-composed the Super Smash Brothers Brawl theme song with Nobuo Uematsu. Oh, okay. So you know the dude's got talent. Yeah, obviously he's working with the likes of them. Mother Three operates on three musical themes. There's the love theme, there's the military theme, and then there's your standard kind of Earthbound or uh, your, your Mother Three theme. So most of the tracks are kind of variations on those three themes, mm-hmm. but it ranges everywhere from like. Smooth jazz to metal to techno to Arabian to dance. This it, just kind of flows yeah. through everything. Very similar to Earthbound 2. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's really all over the place. And there, there are a lot of more adult themes in Mother 3, which is why I think Nintendo decided not to bring it out. You know, just stuff that I don't think that kids would really. You know, obviously, again, I don't want to post spoilers or anything like that, but you know, there's like some, like, animal abuse and cross-dressers and, you know, a guy who goes crazy and beats up his friends when he finds out something bad happens. So, uh, for a lot of those reasons, I think that, you know, it's just, you should import it Mm -hmm. and then you should find the fan translation of it and and then then play the game that way because it's really worth playing. I went through probably like 200 of the 300 tracks looking for a good track to play because I really wanted to kind of talk about Mother 3 in the podcast. Okay. And this is the one that just really stuck out that would be... Cool. A good listen for everybody. Yeah. So, what's our next game, Mike? Our next game is Sword and Sorcery. Sword and Sorcery. <laughs> What'd you think of this one? I just played it for you. Yeah, while. we just listened to it. It's uh, it's a neat little track. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, it's got that boutique, you know, like uh, sort of those newfangled drums that everybody's doing now. Those newfangled drums. Yeah, you know, like the... Well, you'll hear it in a second, but, you know, it's, it's, it's like... It's very heavy on the rhythm. Yeah. I really... I mean, if you haven't noticed by now, I like 
huge bass lines. I love thick, heavy percussion. I like just tracks that you could just bob your head to and tap your feet to. And I'm not all, I'm not all about crazy progressive. You and I have very you have very different tastes when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah. definitely more of a you know uh, I would say rhythm and lead guy. I'm all about melodies. I would say. Yeah, and I'm all about just. You're more of the rhythm section. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Patterns. I love I love patterns that permeate throughout a song and then kind of vary. And then it's the kind of thing where you can kind of listen to it <laughs> a different way every single time. You Can you picture us writing a song? Like, together? I think it would sound like I think it'd Bohemian be like, Rhapsody, actually. It'd be like... <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, the drums and the melodies would just line up. It would each just, other. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> It'd be like two different types of music all playing at the same time. Yes. Yeah. I think it would still end up being pretty good, though. Yeah, probably. So Sword and Sorcery is a point-and-click adventure game with some action elements. It came out uh, on the PC via Steam. Uh, it's also available on iOS and Android. And the music was composed by Jim Guthrie who is an indie artist. He's a singer and songwriter, and he's got bands. And uh, you can go to jimguthrie.org and, and see all of his stuff if you like this tune. The album that he released for this particular game is called Ballad of the Space Babies. Okay, then. Yeah. And again, it's it's a lot of really cool, lighter melodies with really intense percussion. And then there's just a lot of kind of whimsical pieces in there. And mm. it's it's a really incredible soundtrack. Uh, probably one of my favorites of, of the more current games that are out there. Cool. So this one is called... Lone Star. Lone Star from Jim Guthrie. All right. Check it out. Pixel Tunes Radio. Thank you. 
Welcome back. I am Pixel Tunes Robot. <laughs> Can we please make Pixel Tunes Robot an official piece of Pixel Tunes? Yeah, we should stuff. get Brian to make us a Pixel Tunes Robot. Good evening. I am Pixel Tunes Robot. <laughs> you have returned. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> so that track that we just listened to was from Silent Hill Three, and the song is called "I Want Love." I want love. It, it seems like a very 80s hair metal song in terms of like the title. In terms of the title, yes, not in terms I of the song. I want love. You know, like, <laughs> I uh, I'm not a big vocal music fan. I'm not even a big and 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 even less so. I'm not a female vocalist fan. Oh, okay. But for some reason, I think that Mary Elizabeth McGlynn's work on the Silent Hill series, I just, I just absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. All the soundtracks from all the Silent Hills. Well, at least up to Downpour, mm. because with the with the Daniel Lake stuff, just doesn't resonate with me nearly as well as the Akira Yamaoka stuff. Mm-hmm. So this was the studio mix of I Want Love. There's two different versions on the Silent Hill Three soundtrack, mm. and probably one of my favorite vocal tracks from them all. And yeah, I think it really just kind of expresses my love for the Silent Hill music and and how much I've really kind of listened and grew up with those soundtracks even from the first Silent Hill which was mostly like experimental mm-hmm. ambient noise yeah um, and then kind of gradually got more structured and rhythm based mm-hmm. as the games went on and I think as as uh, Akira Gamaoka got more famous and popular for, for doing the soundtracks his, his soundtracks themselves started becoming kind of more accessible to a wider audience. That could be. Um, and then 3, I think, was kind of the pinnacle, where it was kind of a cross between the more ambient, noisy stuff and the more popular stuff. And then with Silent Hill 4 and Shattered Memories, it kind of got really on a much more pop mm-hmm. kind of scale. Hmm. Um, it still had some really good tracks in there, but it kind of lost a lot of the grit and a lot of the foreboding... Ambiance mm-hmm. that the, the earlier games did. So, yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with Silent Hill. Um, other than the second one, I haven't really played much of the series. I went a different route, and I I was big into Resident Evil, so I played a lot of Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three, mm. and Resident Evil Code Veronica. Yep, I played through all those myself. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of I went that route, and so the music is good. I always just considered it creepy, scary background yeah. music. I. I would never put it on, other than that Resident Evil track that we played way back in, like, episode six, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the really crazy, like, the awesome Beyond Chiptune episode. Yeah, the Beyond Chiptune episode. That was, that was probably my favorite Resident Evil song. All the rest are very forgettable for me. But that's just because I, I'm more into, like, the dancier tracks, and I'm more into the more, you know, melodic stuff ambient noise. Granted, I really do like ambient music, mm. but it's got a pop for me, and in most cases, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, I don't know, just never got into it. It's cool, man. This is why this is this is my pick. This is Ed's picks. And not your picks. Yeah, that's true. That's but what's up. I will be back with more picks at some point. Yeah, we'll do another Ed show. Yeah. Always good to hear. And I'd love to hear feedback stuff. about what you guys yeah. thought about my picks, yeah. too. What did you guys think? You can find us on twitter.com. All you gotta do is type in Pixel Tunes Radio and you'll find us. You'll find our glorious Twitter page. Facebook.com forward slash 
Pixel Tunes Radio, same thing. We're making it so hard for you here. And Instagram, type in Pixel Tunes Radio, where you can see various different little videos and snippets of stuff that Ed throws up there. Absolutely, and each of our episodes will have a hashtag, which we use for Instagram, for Twitter, and for Facebook. Obviously, this episode's hashtag will be hashtag Ed's Picks. Yeah. I've already started hashtagging. Oh, I okay. actually took a picture today and posted it to Twitter. So. Well, there you go. Yeah, Ed's Picks. And what else? You can also find us now on... We've been on iTunes for a while now, but you can also find us on Android. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so there's a really nice free music player for Android called Double Twist. Hmm. And relatively recently, they've started having uh, podcast capabilities. So I've registered with them. So now if you have an Android phone and you'd like to have the same kind of podcast abilities that people with iPhones do, you can download Double Twist for free. You can go into the podcast section and you can look up Pixel Tunes Radio and you'll be able to find us and subscribe. And then that way you will get a new and fresh, hot out of the oven Pixel Tunes Radio <laughs> episode whenever we release it every two hot weeks. Hot out of the oven. Absolutely. That's the best way that I like my Pixel Tunes Hot radio. and fresh. Oh, just steamy, just rising. Melts in your mouth. Uh, not in your... Pants. Pants. Yeah. Melts in your mouth, not in your pants. That is the official Pixel Tunes Radio slogan <laughs> we just created. <laughs> that or Dat Bass. Yeah. I don't know. That Pixel Tunes bass, that, that, or that Sunsoft bass. That Sunsoft bass. So that's going to do it for us here at Pixel Tunes Radio Episode 10. We had a pleasure talking to Ed and finding out more about his tracks. Yeah, we want to say hi to you guys over at Retro Obscura, Aaron and all those guys. You've been great supporters of us, so thank you very much. Matt Ezero, the uh, LJN Defender. Yeah. Also had a lot of good times with him over Twitter. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to having some guests on uh, for the show in the future. So keep a ear and eye out for... Oh, God, I just poked my eye out. Oh, man, you were staring too hard into the screen. <laughs> so, But yeah, thanks very much for the support, and we look forward to presenting more with you guys in the future. See you in a couple weeks, dudes. <laughs>